our hope is that by the end of this Advent season, that if you are here each week, you will have gotten the entire Christmas story, every little piece of the Christmas story, and it will come together in a beautiful picture for you. Today we get to experience thoughts of the shepherd and thoughts of the wise men. Maybe some, some of those thoughts that you that you had maybe considered that they had, uh, had thought back then. Maybe some ideas that were brand new to you. Maybe you'd never seen them through those eyes. Luke, in his gospel, there's, you know, the Christmas story is in two gospels, in Matthew and in Luke. And Luke, in his gospel, lays out a framework for us to work with during this Christmas season. He gives the reason for writing this story, as well as the rest of his, uh, his gospel uh, anyway. And I don't think I have this on, on the slides up there, guys, so don't get uh, disturbed. But at the beginning of Luke chapter 1, he writes this. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seems good also to me to write an orderly account for you, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. See, Luke wanted to be sure that we got the story right. I was standing in the line at... uh, Publix. <laughs> Quite a line, huh? The other day, uh, before Thanksgiving, and you know they have, at the checkout counter, they have all those publications there, and we never read them, of course. You know, we would never buy one of those things and take it home, but the headlines are there, and, and this one headline kind of struck me. Space aliens took my baby thinking, wow, here we are getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving. And this is, I, did, I didn't even want to pick that one up to read it. But Luke wanted to be sure that we had the story straight. He was a doctor, you know, so he was into details. And he wanted to be sure that each one of the details of the story were clearly etched in our memories so that we could teach others. I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about Christmas, about the Christmas story. It's not unlike when you have a dog and you, and you throw a, a stick out, out that way. And the dog's sitting here and you say, go get it, go get it, go get it. What's the dog doing? Looking at your finger. Like, like this is the object instead of that object out there. And I think it's that way too with our understanding of the Christmas story sometimes. We miss we miss the uh, main points. They've been all confused with stories and, 
and uh, uh, drawings and paintings over the years with uh, hymns that have been written. It's a big mistake that a lot of people make when they come to read Matthew and Luke and the Christmas story. So what do we really know about Jesus' birth anyway? The manger, the manger. Manger, those of you that took French, manger, a place to eat. The manger, the Christmas crib, the, the feeding trough. It's the most famous animal feeding trough in all of history. You see it on Christmas cards. Churches make elaborate cribs, and they encourage people sometimes to come up to the front and pray around the crib at the front of the church. What about the animals? You know the animals. The animals that are mentioned there in the gospel story and in Matthew and in Luke. What are some of those animals that are mentioned? Go ahead, shout them out. Sheep. Donkey. Camel. Anything else? Actually, there's not a single animal mentioned in the gospel stories. Read it. Not a single animal is mentioned. There's no indication that the shepherds brought any sheep with them to the, to the Christ child. What about the lodging for Mary and Joseph? Where did they stay? In a stable. In a stable. Those of us that have traveled to Israel a number, a number of times know that it probably was not a wooden stable like a barn that we think of. It would be more like a cave, right? They were put into a stable. Not, not. It says there was no room for them in the inn. It doesn't say where they went. There was just no room for them. And one of our characters we're going to look at here in, in the coming weeks is the innkeeper. There's no innkeeper mentioned in Scripture. All these thoughts are in our minds. But we do know that there were shepherds. Shepherding was not a profession that was looked upon with a great amount of esteem. It just simply was not. The only people that became shepherds were those who took it on as a family business or because they didn't have any other opportunities available. So let's look at the Christmas story as it's found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 18. And I'll read through these quickly because you know the story, don't you? Yeah. In this church, we believe that the Bible is the infallible Word of God. It's the only rule that we have for our faith and for our life. So listen to God's word. Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Serenius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, that's where Joseph lived, in Nazareth, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in, there's the manger, in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, notice they weren't singing, they were saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and find this and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Shepherds, they observe, they keep watch, they keep track. They often see what other people don't see because we're not paying attention. An angel appeared to the shepherd. What did that angel look like? When you close your eyes, what is the visual that you get of that angel? Throughout Scripture, it says there were cherubim and seraphim. And we think of them as little naked, floating angels, playing harps, whizzing around the head of God, kind of like gnats. What would that angel smell like? What would the angel smell like? Clean sheets right, right out of the dryer? Peppermint lifesavers? Wedding cake frosting? What would that angel smell like? Would they smell of such purity that it would hurt the nose of one who had spent day and night constantly in the company of sheep. And Scripture says, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. What does that mean? A great company of the heavenly host. You see, in Scripture, angels were warriors. They were always warriors. They have armor and swords. 
And this heavenly host would have been a band of angels, a company, a military company of angels that accompanied the Christ child to the earth to be sure that he arrived safely. And to also say to the one who had been given control of that earth, you better watch out. The battle begins now. And here it is, finally, finally. Someone in Scripture reacts the way that I would react, probably the way that you would react. See, the angel appears to Mary and says, uh, appears to Mary, and Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. The angel appears to Joseph in a dream. And what does Joseph do? He gets up and he does what God calls him to do. Doesn't hesitate, goes right after it. But the shepherd, and I can relate to this, the shepherd, he's scared out of his wits. King James Version says he was sore afraid. That's kind of an odd translation. But if we look at the Greek words there, literally it means he was so afraid that it hurt. He was sore afraid. He was filled with awe and with terror. And our big idea for today comes out of this on your sheet there, the big idea. Once we truly encounter God, and it can be a scary thing. Once we truly encounter God, nothing will ever be the same again. If we truly have an encounter with God, we can never be the same again. The world around us doesn't change, but we change. We are different people. I contend that you could not possibly have an encounter with God and remain the same way you were. You can't. Our shepherd, Sam, puts aside his list, all the things that he has to do, and he's compelled to go and see this Christ child that was told him. How many times, how many times have you been asked to serve? And you say, some other time. Shepherd was compelled to go because he had an encounter with God. Our shepherd says, no one, no one ever chose me. Verse 11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to He is Christ the Lord. And then we look at the wise man. You won't find out about the wise man or wise men if you look in Luke's gospel. You have to turn back to Matthew's gospel, the second chapter of Matthew as well, verses 1 through 12. And again, we will read this fairly quickly because you know the story. 
Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, the prophet Micah. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel." Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, They returned to their country by another route. So, here's another part of the story. How many wise men were there? You're getting better at this. (laughs) Where were they from? The east, but we don't know where in the east. Many biblical scholars would say Persia. That's where Daniel had been uh, in, in that whole area, Persia, Iraq, that area right in there. That's where Daniel had been held captive. He would have had scriptures with him. Could it be that those scriptures had fallen into the hands of some wise people? They had read the scriptures and believe them and began to look for signs. Could that be? What was their mode of transportation? How'd they get around? Doesn't say. How many gifts did they bring? That's right. Again, we're not sure. We know they got at least three Gold and incense or frankincense and myrrh. But it says, Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. If there's one thing that we've learned about the birth of Jesus over the years, it's that that birth was a long time in coming. didn't happen quickly 
the Old Testament has a looking forward to this promise of the Father. Time after time again in those Old Testament scriptures, we're told about the promise of the Father. And Advent is all about listening, listening to what God had to say. When did the wise men visit the Holy Family? Well, not on the night that the shepherds visited the Holy Family. Though we always see them pictured in the Christmas cards too, don't we? The whole entourage, camels, shepherds, wise men, everybody there. Matthew 2.16 says, Herod gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under. So when he asked the wise men for the exact time that the star appeared to them, we don't know this, but he must, they must have said, about two years ago. So that would mean that the child was, you know, maybe a toddler by the time that the wise men showed up. They traveled for two years. For two years. They were looking for signs. They were listening. So the wise men, Tony said, gathered their thoughts and gathered their gifts. Kind of like that moment. You know that moment right before you go into Grandma's house at Christmas? You know, you're in the back seat of the car and they, you're given uh, a lot of last-minute instructions. And you're given those last-minute uh, swipes of your hair to make sure it's in the right place and, the, and, the, and the, whatever you're wearing is on properly. Uh, we look at the packages that we're going to carry in and make sure none of them have gotten torn in the, in the transport. Why? Why all of that? Because we know that inside that house is hope and love and joy and peace and Christmas itself. So it was with the wise men. God chose to be here with us. Emmanuel means God with us. One of my favorite texts is from John chapter 1 verse 14 in the message version which says God became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood right next door he became one of us and there was silence had been silence there had been silence
God was silent for 400 years. And the wise men had been listening. God speaks, and the universe comes into existence. God speaks again, and we get Jesus. God was finished being silent. So why don't you use this Advent season as a time to listen to God? Take time to listen to God. Use this Advent season as a time to prepare for the second coming of Jesus. Use this Advent season to tell others the good news the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God. The hope that we have in Jesus. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks, who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Are you prepared to give the reason for the hope that you have? Begin that preparation today. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for this time of the year. We thank you for family and friends and food and fellowship and all the other F's we could think of. We thank you for sending your son here to this earth to move into the neighborhood right beside us. To look like one of us, to talk like one of us, to act like one of us, to experience things like one of us. God with us. Emmanuel. Coming as a baby. Not as a king. Born in a stable. Not in a palace. Proclaimed, first of all, to smelly shepherds out in a field. And they couldn't wait to go see the thing that had happened in Bethlehem and to tell others what they had seen. Oh, I wish that would be us this, this Christmas season. Let it be us. It can be us. Prick our hearts, Lord, to experience more than packages and trinkets and lights. Show us the true meaning of Christmas, this act.
Jesus' name.